Episode 247 of the Bevan James Isle Show, my 21-day health kick challenge. Rightio team, welcome along to episode 247 of the Bevan James I'll Show, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise, so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. I've got to say, I've got, I've, today I'm doing a bit of a different kind of show. I, I had a guest re- all kind of lined up, but we couldn't get the dates worked before... Um, for today, so we're going to get that person on the next episode. But more importantly, um, I got asked to do a presentation for a, a business recently, and I do a lot of public speaking, and I enjoy public speaking. But I, I you know, you can't have power of public speaking actually, because recently, sometimes I wonder with public speaking how much you actually create change because you kind of go in, you spend an hour kind of just presenting to people. You might get them to do some interaction. You might even get them to do a bit of book work. Um, but then you kind of leave them. And I, and as much as I enjoy doing that, I'm much more passionate about kind of creating experiences which take people through a growth journey. Uh, if you think of my running business, we take people from doing nothing, going through this kind of eight-week experience where they see change and change belief in their life. And I think it's a much more effective way to create change. And uh, the the presentation I was doing was for Janice who's one of our runners and she kind of approached me and said I'd love to do a presentation at my work and I said well Janice I could just come and do a talk but why don't we do a bit of a workshop and the idea around this was like a a 21 day health kick workshop and the idea was I'd come in basically it was a bit of a presentation but it was also a bit of a workshop so they kind of left my presentation with a plan for the next 21 days on on a health kick and uh People seem to really enjoy it. Now, unfortunately, I then went to hospital, got sick, had a crazy two weeks. I haven't actually had a chance to get in contact with those people again to see how they went in the challenge, but I, I hope they did well. I, I, I was getting feedback early on that they were embracing what I presented to them. And so I kind of thought today, as a podcast, I will do this for you today. Um, and, and this is kind of a podcast where, and I'll even put I'll put in the show notes a link when you can download the PDF uh, that I use for this. So, so it's kind of like what you want to do is you kind of want to book out probably an hour of your time, 30 to 40 minutes, however long this podcast is, and work through what I will take you through in the podcast because, yeah, I, 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 I really like that. And, and there'll be some components with it. And actually, I really recommend you do it with somebody else because you'll see when I take you through it. I, I try to use an accountability partner in a really strong way. So what I would recommend is it might be your partner, it might be a flatmate, it might be a workmate. I recommend that you actually kind of go to someone who you know in your life that you've got a pretty good relationship with and say, hey, I want to do this 21-day challenge. Would you want to do it with me as well? Because we can be accountability partners for each other. So basically what I want is by the end of today's podcast, you can then go on a 21-day health kick challenge um, and ultimately oh you know what that's what it's all about so i'll go deeper into that later on in today's show first of all before i kick into the main gist of the show i do want to say um thank you to everybody who sent me emails and just well wishes over the last couple of weeks i know i went in depth to what happened and the good news is is that i'm pretty much back to 100 percent now so if those who haven't listened about three weeks ago, I ended up in hospital. It looked like I was dying. My poor wife had to go through this pretty horrible experience. I woke up in ICU the next day. Uh, didn't really know what was happening. 
Luckily, it was only an appendix, and the appendix has been taken out. Uh, they were concerned it was bigger, and there were bigger problems, but after all the testing I went through, it hasn't proven to be any problems. So I'm three weeks down the path, literally to the day, to the minute, and I actually taught my first class in the gym this morning, and I'm feeling really good. So overall, I'm in really great health, and uh, so for those who sent love, thank you very much. I will talk about one thing before I get into the main gist of today's show. One thing that was really interesting when I was in hospital. So basically, once I woke up from the ICU, the next, I think I spent six days in hospital, maybe five days, yeah, five, five or six days in hospital, and it was a pretty miserable six days. Now, I, you know, like, A, it's pretty boring, and I was so tired and fatigued that I couldn't even bother like watching Netflix. Like, I'm literally just lying on my side, just 24 hours a day, Um and also the problem was our hospital system is pretty amazing, really, considering you also you walk out the hospital and you don't pay anything, like it kind of blows your mind. Um, but as, as you get your own room, which is really great, but the walls are quite, I wouldn't say paper thin, but you can kind of hear everything that's around you. So basically for like six days, I just did not sleep. Basically, I was lucky if I got an hour or two of sleep a night. Um, there might be moments of dozing throughout the day, but basically it was like six days of not sleeping. And I didn't get a lot of food, particularly for the first two and a half days I had no food. And then even days after that, you just weren't that hungry. So then one thing in the recovery of this period of time was I was while my stomach was sore from the operation, I was just fatigued. Like once I got home from the operation, I was just tired and, and kind of the next two weeks. So putting some weight on, getting some energy back was important. But in that week when I was in the hospital, I had a lot of time just in my head. You know, like when you think about your day-to-day life, a lot of your, your activities fill up your mind space the work that you do the, the, the things you have to do just to function in life these things so you don't actually have that much time where it's just you in your head and, and it revealed a really interesting insecurity for me because probably you know I've talked about this in the past one of my biggest insecurities is fear of an insecure future you know we go back to Johan Harry's book of lost connections where he talks about depression he talks about then I think it's the nine causes of depression and um I can't remember right now, but one of them is that kind of insecure future, unknown tomorrow. And I've always had kind of that there, even though I know it's a bit irrational. But what was really interesting was even in this moment when all I had was thoughts, it was amazing how much that was kind of still a presence in my life. And I've worked really hard in this area, and I think I'm a lot better at it, but it was still quite present. And it made me realize kind of one strategy I came up with after kind of in it was – there's a certain level of worry that is justified, and then there's a certain level of worry which is just irrational. And what I came up with was kind of like, what's the level that I don't need to worry about? Like, what level of worry should I not worry about? And this may be hard to describe, but I'll kind of talk about it. So, like, for example, uh, my wife and I, we, we have a few um, investment properties, and we also own a, a couple of tourism properties. And over the last couple of years, we've had no tourism money at all because in New Zealand with COVID, you know, so cash flow wise, it's been a, a, a challenging couple of years. And now that's, that's a level of worry that we should be worried about. Now, not worried in a way that the, the, the world's on fire and that everything's going to end, but in a way that there's a level of rational thinking and planning that we need to put in place to make sure we navigate through that time really well. So that's a that's a concern about future tomorrow, which it's not that we need to be, I need to be, you know, catastrophizing it. I just need to be aware of it. I need to be planning really well around it and making really great decisions today so that, that as I look to the future tomorrow, uh, it's not going to be so much of a problem. 
And so, that, that, and when I do that, then that kind of fear of future tomorrow in that area is less concerned. And actually, it's one thing we did really well through COVID is we sat down and we kind of did those things well. Uh, another future tomorrow one I'll have is if maybe there's competition for my business. So I might see that there's a, a, I don't know, another running coach or another running business or another running group out there. And that can create an insecurity for me with my business because I think, oh no, someone's going to come and ruin my business. And, you know, what happens if my business falls over? And now that is actually not worth me worrying about because A, our business has been going for about 12 years. B, um, our, we've got a really loyal customer base and uh, I think we do a good job of delivering for them and they seem to love what we do. So there's this really good relationship between both us and our customers and um, that we can kind of trust that's going to be all right in the future. So there's kind of these things of level of worry about the future, which some of them I just need to go, you know what? You don't even need to worry about that. Like, that's a level of worry that you don't need to worry about. Now, there can be some learnings from it. Like, if competition turns up in town, it is good to do some reflection on your business to go, how can I improve and how can I evolve? But in theory, I should be doing that anyway. So that's something to think about. Um, but it was just a really interesting thing. And, and post that time in the hospital where I'm literally just lying in my bed, in my thoughts, and, and kind of understanding this kind of fear of an insecure future... I, this kind of idea of what level of things do I not need to worry about, it's almost helped me dissolve or at least lessen a lot that kind of insecurity in this area. So when, for example, I might see some have a running business or, you know, some, or some threat that maybe previously triggered me more than what it should have, now I just go, well, that, I actually don't need to worry about that level. And for some reason, that's just working for me. Now, also, when the levels which are more, you know, real – like the you know management of cash flow through a tough period, that was you know that, that is then I just go to rational actions and I think in the last couple two or three weeks I've managed that side of myself a whole lot better and it's just an interesting thing to share because I, I so ultimately what, what how do I want for you to think about this well if you've got areas of your life where you know there's an owning of your mind space because of an insecurity in that area. Is there a way that you can, like I have, give yourself the ability to kind of almost set some levels that you don't need to worry about? So, for example, I don't need to worry about someone trying to start a running group. Um, like, really, I don't, you know, I, again, I can keep improving my business, but fundamentally, I don't need to worry about that. Um, I need to make good decisions around cash flow for the properties that we own. So, you know, that's, that's something that I need to think about. So... For you, what's the level of things that you don't need to worry about that maybe you are that are still consuming that mind space? And if you could kind of put that line in the sand around this and say, you know what, in this area here, if I'm thinking about this level, I can just let it go. Now, if it goes above that level and there is an area where I actually need to think about addressing something, I'm just trying to think of how you do this with weight loss. So it might be, you know what, that going out for coffee with friends that you have a lot of concern because you might think that you actually overindulge when you go out for coffee with friends. But actually, if you look at your history, you don't tend to overindulge. And if you do overindulge, it might be that you have, that you have a muffin, which in a big scheme of things is not that bad. So maybe you can just let go of worrying about going out for coffee with your friends. But then when you go out for dinner with friends or you have a work function when you're having dinner, you can massively overindulge so you can have dessert an entree a massive main drink too much have kfc on the way home because you go out dancing and so on that's a bigger area that has a bigger cost and so that area there might be an area where you've got to go to more of that problem solving thinking so 
I'm not sure if that's the best analogy, but that's, you know, that's what I've kind of taken away from this moment is that I identified an area which was still consuming me too much and wasn't healthy. I identified the kind of levels that I should be thinking about and addressing and the levels that actually I don't need to think about. And also once I've had that in place and thought or that kind of thinking in place, then when I see the lower levels come along, I go, you know what, you don't need to worry about that. Put your energy over here. And also when I see the higher levels, I go, okay, well, you need to act and strategize about how you're going to problem solve this right now. So just something to think about. Um, before I get into the main show, of the show, I do want to say a massive thank you to the patrons of the show. These are the people who give some of their hard-earned money each time I release an episode of the podcast. And yeah, and also they get a cool Bevan James Old Show nickname. And here are a few of the people. We've got Robbie the Big Shot Allen. We've got Gemma and um, Glenn, sorry, Gemma and Glenn Mitchell, Team Divine. I've got to say they came along to actually, I'm gonna talk about this later on. Actually, I might talk about this before I get in the main just of the show. Uh, they came along to my album release for my band this week. Uh, Hilda, sorry, Libby Allen Hilda, we've got Rebecca Spears, and we've got Bernadette Parry Soul. Oh, sorry. Rebecca Bullseye Spears, and then Bernadette Perry Soul Caliber. Actually, what I'm going to do at the end of the show, because on the weekend we have my album release party, and actually, actually I should be promoting this right now, um, my album is out, you know, I would have been talking about this over the last period of time, the album which is it's called Rock Roll Release by I See Tomorrow, I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes, it'd be really cool if you go listen to it, um, it's been a couple of years work for me, I'll talk about, I'll actually talk about it after the main gist of the show, but if you want to check out my album, it's called Rock Roll Release, but that band is called I See Tomorrow, I'll put a link in the show notes, and then if you're looking, listening on the app right now, I'll literally put it in the link there, so you can open up the app, click on that link, and it'll take you to Spotify, and you can check out what my band has done with our music. Anyway, thank you to the patrons. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com, click on podcast, click on, click on support me, go through the process, and you'll be supporting me in what I do. Anyway, here is the main gist of the show. So as I was saying earlier, this lovely lady Janice, who's one of our runners, I asked me to approach doing a, a presentation, and I thought to myself, I don't want to necessarily just make it a talk, I want to kind of make it into a kind of a, a workshop kind of experience, and that's what I want to do with you right now. Now I have to admit, maybe one of the main stories I use in here, I've probably talked about on the podcast, but I, I want to start with it as well, because I think it's really important, but basically what I want is by the end of this period of time together today, and I, and I would really like it if you were to kind of download the PDF and you can print it off or, you know, you, I may even do like a doc version of it so that you can actually just type into it. Um, download it and work through this. And the whole idea is that you'll have a 21-day challenge by the end of listening to today's podcast, which is really about you putting your health kick in place. So I'm going to start with this, the kind of the story that I started with. And um, again, I think I've probably done this story on this podcast in the past, but Bear with me because it's kind of leading towards kind of where we want to go with this. So I want to talk to you about a, a client I had a few years ago who was basically a very, 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 very successful businesswoman, like um, probably with hundreds of millions of dollars, like very successful. And when she came to me, she, she'd obviously heard about the work that I'd done around health and fitness, and she knew deep down that she wasn't looking after her health and fitness. Now, this person was obviously a very successful person in many areas of her life, but she was lacking in this one area of her life. And so we basically did a few sessions together, and one thing I often do when I'm working one-on-one with someone is we try to identify what's causing the problem, like, for example, um, why are you unhealthy? 
you know, it's a really good question to ask. Then what we try to do is we try to establish some strategies to help you be better at dealing with, with your life, you know. Um, so, for example, and that might even be a question you want to ask yourself. Like, if you if you are really motivated to do my 21-day healthy kick, health kick challenge, I, I just wrote that down before. <laughs> my health kick challenge. If you're really motivated to do that, it probably means that you're a bit dissatisfied with where your health is right now. Now, I don't have this in my questions that you have to write in, the, in the worksheet, but maybe it's a good question to ask yourself is why am I where I am right now? Now, for my client at the time, it was kind of obvious. She had an extremely busy career. You know, she was doing massive hours, massive volume, um, important work, and also a very high achiever in this area. So when we started working together, it was kind of the why was kind of obvious. So one thing I'm a big believer in, and it's that kind of concept of a healthy high performer, which I would have talked about on the show in the past. And a healthy high performer basically says, if you put your health first, you'll function higher in all areas of your life after that fact. So for example, if you put your health first, you'll do better at your job. If you put your health first, you'll be better for your family. If you be, put your health first, you'll feel better about yourself. So what we did is with this lady, we basically established, I think, about five, or, I think about maybe four or five behaviors that were behaviors that A, were realistic for her, B, we knew could fit into her life, and C, that we knew she could do. And I think one thing that's really important in this component of it is that we're not trying to bring new behaviors in place. So for example, what a lot of people try to do when they're trying to do like a health kick is they'll try to start meditating. Now don't get me wrong, I love meditation. It's something I've done for a long time in my life. But it's it's a new skill that a lot of people struggle to bring into their life. So when we're trying to do this challenge, we're not necessarily trying to find new things. We're almost trying to find the easy wins that you know you could do. And that's what we did with this lady. So what we did is we kind of set up what her four or five things. And the challenge for that she had to do was each day for the next month, she had to prioritize putting two of these things in, two or three of these things in. So I can't remember exactly what her things were, but let's say it was kind of some movement thing, some creativity thing, some connection thing, um, some downtime thing, some kind of rest recharge strategy thing. So it was, you know, it might have been like to make sure you do exercise, uh, to connect with a friend that you know you can have deep connection with, um, to plan a nap one day a week or something like that, you know, just stuff like this, really basic stuff to plan your food. But but first of all, we had to identify those things. And then her job was to prioritize putting two or three of those things in each day. So it didn't have to be the same thing each day. She just had to apply them each day. So we discovered what her things were. We put the plan in place. And then we were catching up a month later. Now, normally I catch up a bit more often, but she was a bit, she couldn't do it. So we basically, four weeks later, we caught up. And when we get on the call after her month into this journey, the first thing she says to me is, Bevan, you're not going to believe it. But in the last month, my business has had the equivalence of 12 months of sales in a four-week period. Like, this has never happened before. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's been absolutely crazy. Now, as she's telling me this, what do you think I'm thinking inside my head? I'm thinking inside my head she's, that she's, she's going to have an excuse. You know, she's got an excuse. What she's about to tell me is that, I haven't done the challenge. And as a coach, sometimes what you're going to say to people is you're going to say, do you know what? You need to pull your socks up. You know, because sometimes people they say they want accountability and then they drop the ball at a pretty low level. Like, you know, you might design them a really easy exercise program 
and they don't even do it. And you kind of, you know, sometimes you, you've got to pull out that accountability card and say, well, actually, um, we need to address why you're not doing this because we set at a level that could work for you. There's obviously some hurdle that we're not getting over top of and we need to really address that. And then sometimes you've got to go, you know what? Fair enough. It's a bit crazy. Let's get you on track from this moment forward. And in this situation with my client, it was a bit like the second example. Like if you've had 12 months, of the equivalent of 12 months of sales in one month, yeah, you, you, you've got to be under the pump and you're going to really struggle. And so I was kind of ready to say, you know what? I totally get it. You know, and, and it was such an outlier that, you know, it wasn't looking like the next month was going to be the same. So in my mind, as I'm thinking she's going to come to me and say that I haven't done it, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, well, you know what, this is one of those cases where I'm going to say, fair enough, let's aim to get it done this next month. But she didn't do it. She didn't turn around and say, she, she turned around and she said, it's been a crazy month, 12 months of sales in, in, 12, in four weeks, but I also did my healthy, high-performing tools. And the last month, each day I woke up, and I thought to myself, what are my two or three things that I'm going to do today? I planned them in place and I did them. And she said, Bevan, it's been a mind-blowing experience. And I remember she said three things that really hind kind of hit home. The first thing she said was, normally in this time, I become a much poorer version of myself. It's like I feel like I'm just keeping my head above the water in my career, in my job, in my business. That, you know, like literally the lips are just above the water and everything else is under. And I'm just kind of, you know, flapping my arms and legs as much as possible just to keep my lips above the water because I'm just holding on for dear life to get through this time. But in the last month, which is arguably one of the busiest months I've ever had, I've been focused. I've actually done really good work and I've actually felt like in control in this time. The second thing she said that was really mind-blowing, she said, often this time comes at a massive cost to my health. So often at a time like this, I'm going to put some weight on, I'm going to be massively stressed, I, I kind of disconnect to the people in my world, so, you know, I, you know the, this time comes with a massive cost after the fact. So after the fact, I then feel crap about myself, feel I've got to lose some weight, and so on and so on. And she said, as I got through this period of time, I didn't put on weight. I, I actually felt like I was getting a little bit fitter. And I actually felt great about my, my health and fitness through this crazy period of my time. And then she said the third thing. And I think this is the most important aspect of, of this journey that she went on in this moment. She said, Bevan, often when I'm in this space, I feel like I'm losing myself. I kind of wonder where am I in this life that I'm in right now. And it's, it's a really hard space to be in. And she said, because I put my healthy, high-performing tools in place, it was completely different. If anything, I felt aligned. I felt great about myself. Um, I, felt, you know, I just felt that I was being me. And when we think about what she, what she identified, A, she usually do poor work at this time, head above the water, kind of just keeping her head above the water, whereas this time she was focused and controlled at great work. B, the health costs were huge. This time she actually probably improved her health through a crazy period and see that loss of self which was normally in place at a time of this was was not there she felt this alignment and felt greater about herself at this time and it was a really powerful thing because ultimately what she learned was by learning to put my healthy tools in place she was then able to be a higher version of self for her work for her world 
and for herself. And this is such an important lesson for her life because from that moment forward, it was much easier for me to sell this idea of prioritizing the healthy high performer. And, you know, she, she, she's done really well. She's continued on. And that's kind of how she lives her life now. But more importantly, that goes to that question of, and I love this question, and I'm sure I've guaranteed I've asked it on this podcast a million times over the years, but the question is, what's the first thing that gets dropped when your life is busy? And the answer is everything that's good for you. It's often your food planning, it's often your connections with people important to you, it's often your movement, it's your sleep, so on and so on and so on. And then the second question is, is your life busy? And for the majority of people, we do lead a busy life. Now, some people out there are really great at managing their healthy tools through these times. And if you're that person right now, it's just a high five. Today's probably not going to be the session that you need to do the workbook on. I just say, you know, reinforce, just give you a high five and keep doing what you're doing. But if you're someone who's either in a place right now that you feel you've let go of your health, or when you get to high pressure moments, you pull back from your healthy tools, then this is what we've got to get you to focus on. Because ultimately what we've got to get you to is that place in your life where no matter what the conditions, your healthy tools are in place. And this is what I want to do with today's 21 day health, what is it? health kick challenge, is I want to take you through a process that you can work through and I seriously, like download the workbook. And I want, and again, if you want to get the most out of this, do it with a friend. Like, do it with a friend. Like seriously, book a coffee or, or, or a partner. Just do it with somebody because I think this works way better based on the way I've designed the challenge if you can do it with a friend. Okay, so so basically what we're aiming to do is the whole idea of this, the 21-day challenge is your job is to prioritize two to three healthy tools each day of your life for 21 days in a row. So you're kind of basically doing what I did with my client. And let's start with the first point of what we want to do here. So uh, again, I'm, I'm assuming you've downloaded the document that I've created. So the first thing we need to identify are what are the healthy outlets that you have available to you? Now, one thing I want to say in this challenge is the way I'm designing the challenge is... It's not that you have to do the same thing every day. So for example, if you look at the worksheet in front of you, and, and I'll, I'll talk about it right now. So basically, the, your healthy outlet choices I have creativity, movement, connection, self-expression, and rest and recovery. So these are some that I've come up with. I imagine there's probably more, but you know that might be the sum. You know, so what you want to come up with is what are your answers to your creative outlets? So for example, mine is playing my piano. My wife's is jumping in the kitchen and cooking a really nice meal. What are your options for creative ways to healthily express or healthily deal with your life? The great thing is there's many different answers to that. You know, it might be making something. It might be writing. It might be whatever. You know, like it's creative outlets are really great. The next one are what are your options for movement? Now, again, as I said earlier, when we're looking at movement, now for some people, for me, it's obvious it's, it's going to be going to the gym, it's going to be doing some running, you know, like it's, those are my options I have for movement. For some people who have no movement in their life, you must sit it at a level that's not a barrier. You know, if you think back to my book, what we're looking at here is it must be, you know, when we're doing, I remember doing this in, wait a second, I'm just going to take my top off. I'm getting a bit warm in my office here. Um, so I remember when we were doing it, there was one lady in the group with Janice's group, and she was saying, I'm not doing any exercise at all, and you know, it seems really hard to try to bring movement in my life. And I said, well, could you do a 15-minute walk in, in, around the local park in your area that's really nice to walk around? And she goes, I could do that. And that's what we're looking at. It's, it's the, when, when, with the, any of these areas, again, we're not trying to introduce areas and be ambitious. 
We're trying to go for easy wins that make it easy for you to do. So it's really important. If you aren't moving right now, what's the level that you could fit into your life that is realistic? And, and again, the, the thing to remind yourself is, is that we're doing it for the mental health relief. Not so much the exercise benefit, although there will be exercise benefit that goes alongside it. So for you, what are the movement options you have? It can be things like like me, running and gym. It can be dancing. Like it literally could be putting a Zumba, a Zumba video on at home and doing Zumba at home. Like it's just some kind of movement. Connection. You know, what's great connection for you? So for me, it's like most Saturday nights we'll try to catch up with some friends to just kind of have a laugh, watch some sport, you know, play some games, that kind of stuff. And uh, it might be calling a mate on the phone for me. You know, what are those? And, and I think with connection, we were looking for cup-filling connection. And I think it's really important that we define that because let's be honest, we've all got those people in our life which can be a bit draining. You know, you, you can spend time with them, but in that time... <laughs> You know, it's, it's a bit tough. Or, or you're more the person that's there for them, and it's nothing wrong with that. But what we're looking for is that cup-filling connection. So it might be the person who, when you spend time with them, you just have a good laugh together. Um, it might be that you, you go deep and meaningful with those people. And and how would you do that? So, you know, like I think of my mother. My mum, when she gets home from work every day, she jumps on the phone and she talks to, you know, she brings two or three friends that are really important to her, and she kind of connects that way. You know, for you, you might like to go to a coffee once a week and catch up with me that way. So you see what I mean there? self Expression. Now, some people said to me, self-expression and creativity can be the same thing, and I kind of agree. There's, there's there is a bit of crossover there. And um, what I would also say, but self-expression could be using a creative thing to, to express more. So it might be that you know, for me playing the piano, it might be that when I'm playing the piano, I'm just going to put on a song that is you know, like play a song and really express myself. Or it could be that you put some music on, and when you're in the car and you just sing like crazy. Like those expressive moments where you really let go. And then obviously things like rest and recovery. So ideally what we're looking at is, you know, like obviously for me, a meditation is a rest and recovery tool. Uh, it might be nana naps for you. It might be having a weekend on a Sunday nap on, on the weekend. Might be even just planning some time to watch a movie, you know, something like that. So ideally what I want you to do right now is I want you to kind of pause what we're doing here and write down the different options that you have for these areas. Now, if you think of a different area outside of creativity, movement, connection, self-expression, and rest and recovery, by all means, add them in here. So in each of the area, each of these areas, you know, come up with many as many options, again, that's realistic for you. And, and actually, one thing I'd probably add to here, options that we can work with in different times of your day. Okay, so like, for example, um, movement. You know, if you have a 40-minute lunch break, just going for a 15-minute walk at lunchtime is a really good movement way. So, so, you know, like, you know, doing an hour and a half run, which for some people that is an option, at lunchtime probably is not going to work. So what you could think of as you look at your day, what are the different options that you'll be able to use throughout your day? So ideally, if you're going to kind of go through this process right now, the first thing I want you to do right now is to pause and work through the options that you have in these areas. So I'm going I'm to kind of say pause and then come back. Okay, now, obviously, your goal over the next 21 days is to plan two to three of these outlets and act upon and prioritize these every day for the 21 days. Now, the great thing about what we've done here is that 
If you've come up with lots of options, as I said earlier, it's not that you have to do the same thing every day. So if you look at your week, it might be on Monday, you go for a walk at lunchtime, on the way home from work, you ring your best mate who you know you're going to have a laugh with, and um, at night, late at night, you might you know, do some writing in a journal. Okay. Then the next day, when you wake up in the morning, you might do some movement, um, you might have a, a rest at lunchtime, you might plan a cool dinner that night and so on. So you're kind of basically trying to think about how, how you're going to implement each of these. Now, you, in saying that, you don't have to do the same thing every day, but you can do the same thing every day as well. So like for me, meditation, pretty much at the same time each day. So I'm kind of saying you've got lots of flexibility about how you're going to try to fit these into your life. So the challenge is, and I'll go a little bit deeper in how I think you should implement this challenge, but the challenge is to do two to three outlets that you act upon and prioritize every day for 21 days and I think the real key thing I want you to do is you must prioritize these first so when you wake up in the morning the thing that you're thinking is how do I guarantee that these things happen okay that's 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 the that's the ultimate challenge and then how do I make sure I act if you take anything away from this that's the most important thing you're practicing is how do I prioritize these and how do I make sure I act upon it because if we think back to my client in that crazy busy period she was still prioritized and she still acted so that's the most important thing. Now, in setting up this challenge, I want to do a bit of a reward system. And what I want to think about for the reward system is I want you to have a reward system in place. So what that means is, this doesn't work for everybody, but it does work for somebody, or for a lot of people, is you get rewards based on how well you achieve. And I'll give you an example. I was doing a guy I know who I who I coach who is an athlete and he was just kind of lost his mojo with his training and he's got a race that he wants to do actually later this month. And we kind of sat down and we said, well, let's do a fitness challenge. And we kind of put a challenge kind of similar to this, but it was around a fitness challenge, just trying to get him back into consistency of training. And we gave him three rewards. I think he had to do it for two months. And he were kind of three rewards. Level one reward was if he completed all of the, sorry, level one reward was if he did 80% of the exercises that he was meant to do over the time period that we had set, he got to buy a really good massage for himself. So it's kind of like a you know, $60 to $80 kind of reward. You know, that if I get 80% of the sessions done, I get that reward. The second reward that he got was if he did 90% of the challenges. So like if he did 90% of the sessions that we put in place. Now for that reward, he got to go out for a really nice dinner at a really swanky restaurant with his partner. That was kind of like, that was the reward for that one. And then he had reward number three, and that was if, if he did every session for the next two months, his reward number three was he'd go away for a weekend with his partner. Now as you can see, the rewards, and, and what was really interesting, he was really motivated and he actually got the weekend away, like he really wanted to get the weekend away. And for these kind of challenges, the rewards work really well because there will be days where you can't be bothered. And if you're somebody who's motivated by that reward system, it can really help motivate you in that moment when you think, oh, you know what, I can't be bothered, but you know what, I really want to get that 100%. So in the next section, what I want you to do is for you to identify what level of reward works for you. Now, for some people, when I was doing it with the, the presentation I did with Genesis people, for some of the people, the rewards weren't necessarily things. They might have been um, more experiences. And even if you think about my client, who was the fitness goal, you know, he was having experiences. He wanted a weekend away, a nice dinner out, um, or a massage. It might be that you want things. It might be that 
you know, you have a really nice top that you're training top that you want to buy. And if you get 100%, it's, you know, you get to buy that top and so on and so on. But you want obviously the rewards to represent the, the outcome that you desire. Now, ultimately, if you're doing 80% of this challenge, you're probably going to hit about 15. If you're doing 19%, you're going to hit about 17 days. And obviously, if you do, or no, probably about 18 days, 18 to yeah, 18, 19 days. And if you're going to get 100%, you're going to get 21 days. So what will your reward be for this in place? So the next thing to do is to pause and then to identify the rewards that you will gain by achieving success in these in this in your goal. Okay, so what do we have in place right now? Okay, we, we have the behaviors that are options for you. We have the mindset that you're trying to practice, which is 21 days of prioritizing and acting upon those tools. We've got a reward system in place. So what are those three rewards based on the different levels you're trying to get? The next piece we want to put in the puzzle is an accountability partner. And that's why I've said I really idea of, do, of you doing this with, an, with listening and doing this process with somebody else in your life because they're going to be really important to you because an accountability partner, like it's really interesting when you speak to people who think they're failing in a certain area. You, you, you hear it a lot. Here's what I hear from a lot of people. Like sometimes I'll call people who think about joining my running business, particularly the beginning group, and I hear... I lack motivation and I need accountability. I lack motivation and I need accountability. Now, obviously what I'm trying to do in this place with this challenge is I'm trying to make it motivating. So A, 21-day challenge is quite exciting. B, I'm trying to put a framework in place which is realistic. C, the things like the the, the rewards, so the you know the 80%, 90%, and the 100%. So I'm trying to put it in a way which is all naturally kind of motivating for you at a level that's realistic for you as well. But an accountability partner is also a really good way to keep that in place. Now, when we think about an accountability partner what's really important is we do need to pick a good partner now I've kind of said listen to you know do this with somebody you know so hopefully they are a good partner because often people say I need an accountability partner but I actually think that's a poor statement what you need is you need a good accountability partner and I'll give the example of this one here so a lot of the time two people who are struggling with exercise go let's get into exercise and let's motivate each other to get an exercise and I'll say, you know what, we're going to do three walks a week at 6 a.m. in the morning and then you know, a week into it, the third session into it, one of the other partners wakes up on the Friday morning and goes, you know what, I'm feeling really tired, I'm not going to make it today. And then the other person says, okay, well, we'll do it on Monday. So they're not a very good motivational partner. Like what you need to be is you need to be, you need a great accountability partner. And so first of all, you need to choose who the person is. So choosing who is your person, that's really important. In my workshop, I've got how does the relationship work, but I actually want to go back down to the next question first. How will you make sure that you are the most amazing accountability partner? This is so important because your job is to not let your person off the hook. So when they say, oh, you know, I'm thinking about not doing it tomorrow, or they don't respond to a text, you know, let's say you've got a text system sorted out, or, you know, you might even have a spread a spreadsheet that you create between both of you, and you've both got to tick the box at the end of the day that you've done your healthy outlets. You know, if, they, if you get to the end of the day and they haven't ticked that box, you need to text them. You need to call them. Hey, what happened today? You know, like, you've, you've, the key is, and the reason this is really important, if you're a great accountability partner yourself, your partner will be great to you as well. And so key things we're looking for here is how do you make sure when they maybe drop the ball, you keep them on, you know, you keep them on, on target, basically. And 
how do you make sure that you live up to the, that promise that you guys both make between each other? Now, you may want to think about what you need to do at those moments, and that's something you can talk about with your partner. But ultimately, your job is to be the greatest partner. And it goes back to, I think, a training days. Like when I did, it was a big, you know, big into my strength training back in the days. And I'd literally be in the weights room six days a week for an hour and a half. I had the most amazing training partner called Jay. Now, Dre was great because he always turned up. But also, when we trained, he never let me go easy. Like, Jay never let me go a little bit light. Never let me off the hook. Now, why was that great? Well, do you know what happened when I trained Jay? I never let Jay off the hook. And we were such great training partners because this kind of not letting each other off the hook meant that we always trained to a higher level. And that's why you have to be the most amazing accountability partner for this person. Because A, you're going to help them achieve the goal that they're helping to achieve in this challenge. But more importantly... What you're going to do is you're going to feel the effect of them being a great accountability partner for you as well. So how do you make sure you're most the most amazing accountability partner for your person? The question, which was actually question two here, is how will the relationship work? And that's where you want to sit down with your accountability partner and say, okay, what are we going to do to make sure this works? And it might be that at the end of the day, you text each other and say, did you, you, know, did you do your things today? What are you going to do tomorrow? If you want to be hardcore, you could set up like a spreadsheet on Google Docs where you could do a, like a shared spreadsheet and you both have to tick that you do it. And if somebody hasn't ticked, you've got to give them a phone call. Like You make it work for you and your partner. It was really interesting when I did it in the group together that when we did it, it was really interesting to see how different people came up for how they were going to do it. You know, now these people are all in a workplace environment, so they saw each other most days. Some people did text, some said, the first thing we're going to do in the morning is we're going to come and see each other and say, did you do it yesterday? So on and so on. I like regular check-ins too. I do like it being quite often. And then the third thing, I've, or the fourth thing I've got on this page is what to do, what will you do if there's a slip? So if you notice either yourself slipping and being a great accountability partner, or your partner slipping on the challenge, what will you do? And this is, a, this is a question that you can answer with your partner. So you might say to your partner, when you slip, what do you find actually helps? Because for example, some people don't like to be told off. Some people just want support. You know, just, hey, give me a call. Hey, what happened, mate? You know, how can I look after you? How do you make sure you get on back track? Some people actually want the hard response. Some people want to say, come on, mate, harden up. So you're trying to learn with your partner what will, what's the best way to help them at the time if there's a slip? And then secondly, what you want to do is make sure if you catch yourself slipping away from being the good accountability partner. Because it's that thing, you know, sometimes when you're, you're kind of planning to do something with, something with someone and both of you don't do it. And so, you know, like let's say you're planning to text each night at seven o'clock. And then one night someone doesn't text and the other person goes, oh, you know, I won't text tonight. And then the next night it doesn't happen again. And it's kind of this unspoken agreements that we're not going to commit. You know what I mean? You've probably been in that. So if you feel that happening, what are you going to do to make sure you don't slip? So it might be that one day you don't be a great accountability partner, but also they don't. And it might be that, you know, in that moment, you're going to give them a call and say, you know what, we've both slipped. Let's make sure we get back on track. So we want an accountability partner, but we want to work with them to make sure it's a real successful way of being it. Now, if you go further down the page, I've also created a, the last page of the document. I've created a checklist. And the whole idea is I want you to print this off and put it somewhere prevalent in your life. So it could be on your fridge at home. It could be on the mirror in your bathroom. It could be at the office. But you need to be able to see this every day as you go through the 21-day challenge. And the whole idea is we're going 
back old to the good old tick box system, another motivational tool. If you can get day seven, if you can do the first seven days, there's a higher chance you'll be successful the whole time because you've built momentum. So you need to put your checklist, print that off and put that somewhere else. Okay. Now, so ultimately, what have we done to this point in time? Well, first of all, we've found the, the, the ways that you can healthily deal with your life. Secondly, we've put the challenge in place, two to three outlets each day where you're focusing on prioritizing and act upon them. We've got our reward systems, we've got our accountability partner, and then we've also got your checklist, which is another motivational tool that you can put in place. I want to give you some keys to success, some ways to think about helping yourself be successful. And you'll notice that in the workbook of what questions that you can put in place here. Um, so you can kind of work through these questions. So first of all, number one, plan time to put these in place. There's a couple of things to think about here. So you let's be honest. If you want to be successful in something, great planning is always going to come along the way. Like if you want to lose weight, planning your food is way easier. And people go, yeah, but I'm not a planner and I find it really hard to plan and it takes out the spontaneity in my life and blah, 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 blah. Well, you're going to make it harder to lose weight. If you want to lose weight, planning your food makes it easier. Actually, I think I may have talked about this, but I was watching a show over, Joe and I were away a couple months ago, and it was a brilliant show on the UK, and they basically interviewed people who were overweight, and then through the magic of TV, they walked through the back of the stage, and they came out the other side a year later, and they lost the weight, and pretty much everyone had lost the weight, but there was one common theme, was everyone had lost the weight through basically amazing food planning. It might have been using a diet company who sends the food to you, it might have been just spending Sunday planning your food, planning for success is key. So you want to think about what structure you're going to have around planning for success with this. So if you think about me, it's going to be my weekly meeting and my morning meeting. What works for you around planning these things in place? And what you're looking at here is what are the, you know, so I look at my day ahead, when am I going to put those two to three tools in place? And what's the planning system you need to have in place around this? Secondly, you need to be wise about how you put them in place. So ideally, you want to be kind of thinking of that kind of thing of when is it wisest for me to plan putting these things in place and probably what ones I'm going to put in place. So it might be that you know that after lunch, after work, you turn to custard. So it'd be really wise for you to plan one of your healthy tools at lunchtime at work. And then you might go, okay, what's the one that's the best one that could fit within that? And again, it might be putting some music on and going for a walk outside. It might be um, going out for coffee with a workmate who you know just fills your cup. It might be, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and then when you get home from work, you know, let's say you've got a busy family and so on and so on. It might be, you know, that you say to your partner, you know, when I get home, I'm going to spend an hour with the family, making sure I you know, give lots of love to everyone. And then I'm going to go into, can I go into the room and slide down for 15 minutes to get a recharge? You know, and then, you know, so what you're thinking about is when do you plan them in around your life and wisely putting them in place? The next one is plan up your setup actions. And my, my philosophy around setup actions is what's the thing you need to do to make sure you create success? So I might plan to go for a run today and I might put that down in my, um, my to-do list for the day. But also it's that kind of getting my watch ready, getting my gear ready, all those setup actions that actually get me up for the run. Lastly, when it comes to key success for planning to put this in is be realistic. So again, we're not actually looking for you to stretch in any of the areas. We're just going for a realistic level. So let's just use movement as that example. If you, you know, doing a 30-minute walk is traditionally what you do right now, trying to do an hour run is not realistic. So to, so the next question I have is to be successful with my planning, I will, and that's what you want to put in place. Now, number two, and I've already talked about this a little bit, but 
this is a key, is doing your healthy outlet is your number one priority in that day. And this is the mindset you must fight for and maintain through these 21 days. So as I said earlier, if you take one thing away from this thing, or this kind of today's talk, is that's the number one thing you must nail, is the prioritization thinking of this. So when you get that moment, when you go, you know what, I can't be bothered doing this today, or I can't be bothered going for a walk, or I can't be bothered to do the planning, that's when you've got to go, oh, okay, this is what I've got to learn. This is the moment where I've got to learn to win what I need to win. Because if I can learn to win this moment, then I'm going to do the thing and I'm going to actually learn the benefit of prioritizing my healthy tools first. So that's what you want to think about there. Just keep that mindset. And what, and it's really important that you're really learning the resistance that you feel towards that. And how do you actually still do the action when you feel that resistance? You know, that's that's the real challenge of this journey. Uh, number three is try to be present when you're doing them. So it's that kind of thing. If you're going to go for a walk in nature, enjoy being in your walk in nature. Don't think about all the things you need to do when you get back. You're trying to kind of gain the value of doing that thing. Like, you know, like for me to jump on the piano and just kind of be creative on the piano, it's about kind of escaping my head. It's kind of, you know, that distance thing that we talked about in that book, Chatter. It's that escaping my head to kind of just go somewhere else for a while. So while I'm on the piano and just jamming it out, I need to be 100% present as I'm doing it. Um, Win your effort moments. Uh, effort moments are the kind of, it's kind of a bit like the set of actions. It's, it's those moments where you feel resistance and it's a bit of effort to do the thing. How do you make sure you win those effort moments? And what are some of the effort moments you may see? Other quick questions to think about are what barriers could you face? Who is your accountability and how you check in? I've, I kind of got that question there twice, but I'll, actually I'll take that out. It's not really needed because I did the accountability question section. Um, and lastly, what do you think the benefits of this will be doing? What are the benefits of this will be? So what we're looking at here is what are the benefits of you doing this 21-day challenge? Now, if you're anything like my client I talked about earlier, I think the benefits are going to be huge. I think you're going to find your healthier version of yourself. You probably feel more in control. You're probably going to be healthier and fitter. You're going to feel that alignment to self in a really important way. Now, only what we want you to do is we don't just want this to be a 21-day challenge. We want you to learn prioritizing my health is always the key to my success in my life. But we need you to have this experience, particularly if you're not on that pathway right now. So that's what that's why we want you to do this challenge. Now, while you're doing the challenge, you need to notice the benefits. Now, I haven't actually written this in the document, but you may even just want to add a page which says, you know, what are the benefits I'm experiencing as you kind of do maybe a planning session? So if you do like a weekly meeting like I do, it might be what are the benefits I'm experiencing as I'm going through this challenge? Because like I said before, if we can have a 21-day challenge where you actually prioritize two or three of these behaviors each day, and you actually notice that you are more focused, that you are in a better health state, that you feel better about yourself, that your world's getting a better version of yourself, that ultimately you're just in a great place, and you understand these benefits, it's easy to keep you on that pathway after this challenge. So again, to recap, here's how it works. We've got... We've got what the challenge, which is 21 days, planning your healthy tools, acting upon and prioritizing these every day. We've got the different outlets that you can choose. We've got your accountability partner in place. And remember, your job is to be the most amazing accountability partner. We've got the checklist you can print off and put in place. And we've also got little tips and tricks that I can give you along the way. Ideally, at the end of this 21 days, you would have experienced what life is like when you prioritize healthy tools first. And 
if that's the case, ultimately what we want to do is keep them in your life for a consistent period of time moving forward. Because if you consistently do it for a long period of time, what's the long-term benefit? So again, what I'm going to do is in the show notes, I'll put a link. Or actually, you probably need to go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com, and go to the show notes within my website to get the PDF. Um, but yeah, that's where you're going to get it. So go there, download, then work through this with your accountability partner. But at the end of the session, you said all the pieces in place, and then you go on your 21-day challenge. Now, let me know how you get along. Because I won't be able to come back, I'll, you know, be basically two episodes from now after this, where most people, particularly if you're listening to this, as soon as I release it, uh, let me know how you get along, because I'd love to hear, did you, A, was, were you successful? And if not, why not? B, um, if you were successful, what were the benefits? You know, why was it beneficial for you to do this? And maybe even see what were some unthought of benefits that have appeared that you maybe wouldn't have considered that have, you know, for example, it might be just actually the importance of connecting with friends because you've been so busy. You know, who knows what they will be. So let me know how you get along. I'm really excited by this challenge. Again, go to the, my website, the show notes for today's show, and you'll be able to download the PDF where I've got all those questions for you and you can work through the workbook. Commit to doing it. You know, really commit to doing it. Hopefully it's, it's kind of an exciting challenge for you and we'll see how you get along on the other side. And as always, we'll help you be a higher version of yourself. Right, team. So hopefully you've enjoyed that concept today, and I hope it's something you really want to embrace. Um, yeah, people do like challenges, and uh, I like challenges that lead towards a longer term outcome. Sometimes challenges can be kind of a very spur of the moment thing, but ultimately it's getting you to that point where you understand the benefit, and, and after the fact, then how do you be consistent with it? Now, I do want to talk a little bit about what happened with my music. So, uh, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that my other passion in life outside of fitness, my three passions in life are people, fitness, and music. And I've been, you know, years ago I thought I want to take up a musical instrument because I want to be able to one day make my own music and perform for people in front of people. And then about four or five years ago, probably actually longer now, I joined a band, but it kind of never really went anywhere. I was just jamming out really. Um, And then when COVID hit, I actually went to Dave, the the lead lead singer and guitarist in the band, and I said, Let's, make, let's actually do this right. You know, let's not just sit on the sidelines and muck around. Let's actually try getting an album done. And so uh, basically it took two years by the time COVID and all the, all the crap around it. Um, but last week the album came out and you can actually listen to it right now. And if you're in your app right now, after you've listened to this podcast, I've put a link in the app. So you can do that or you can go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com and it's in the link for the show notes. Uh, more Also, you can just jump on Spotify or Apple and look up I See Tomorrow. It's all words. It's not the letter C. It's all words. Uh, the band, the album's called Rock, Roll, Repeat. The music is kind of Foo Fighter Rock. Kind of Foo Fighter Rock is a good way of thinking about it. Not, we're not exactly like Foo Fighters, but it's kind of that level of rock. Um... But last Friday, we had our album release party, and I know a few listeners came to the show, and it was a really, man, it was a wicked life experience, because you, you, you know, you put it out there, A, you don't know if anyone's going to turn up, so you're a bit nervous beforehand, B, people would, would put the album out about a week earlier, so people did listen, did have a chance to listen to it, but not a huge amount, so we didn't know how much people were actually going to know the music, and then C, would people actually get into it? Well... Man, it was a, one of the moments of my life, to be honest, because A, pretty much the place was packed out. Like, I think it was packed out. Like, the, the people, the venue, it's a really good venue here in Christchurch called A Rolling Stone, and they said, for a release party, you normally don't get this many people there, so that was really cool. 
um, people got into it, man. Like people partied, and it's it was a pretty special moment because someone who creates, and that's why I love creation because creation is such a human thing to do, isn't it? You know, my my creation outlet is music, but you know that kind of. I made this moment is such a special thing within being a human. That can be I made something for the house. It can be I made something creative. It could be I made a dinner. Um, but we made music. And to be playing something that you created and having, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred people in front of you, like really enjoying it, like dancing like crazy. And, and you know, like, because I'm kind of in two moments as I'm doing this, because I'm thinking about doing a good job as a musician. I'm thinking about being an entertaining musician on stage. Like, to be honest, as a musician, I'm a much better entertainer than I am as a, as a live performer yet. So my, my musical playing still needs some sharpening up, because my nerves make me get on top of things a little bit. But... um but as being being able to express myself as an entertainer, it's not something I'm that concerned about. I can quite easily just kind of let myself go. Um, so if you watch my performance, I'm, I'm into my performance, uh, and I play good enough. But there's that, you know I need to focus more on that area there as I move forward. But there's moments so I'm kind of thinking about my job. I'm thinking about expressing, and then you look up, and you see everyone's kind of rocking out to your music. It was it was it was pretty special. It was a really highlight of my life, you know. And um, fingers crossed, we can do more with this album, and we can have more of those experiences. But it was just one of those moments where you work hard for something, and you know, there's many rewards to getting the finished product, you know, all those types of things. But that was a real reward moment for me as well. So I just wanted to share that with you. Again, if you want to get the album, it's called "I See Tomorrow." Rock roll repeats on on basically the main outlets for music distribution nowadays. Um, what else did I want to say? Actually, one thing I did want to share. So I do still get nervous when I play live. It's getting better. And I tend to be nervous for the first couple of songs. And then once I'm through that, I'm better. But afterwards, I was talking to the guy who produced our album. He said, oh, you could get beta blockers. And I was like, what's a beta blocker? And he said, well, a lot of musicians will use a beta blocker. And it's, I think it's a beta or beta blocker. And what it does is it's kind of like, it must be some kind of drug that you take, which calms you when you're feeling nervous. And he said, you get that, which will really help you just in that first period. And I said, oh, thanks for that. And I kind of didn't make anything of it. But then I was talking about it to Joe the next day. And I said, well, I could use that as an option. But isn't the journey trying to learn how to not be nervous? Like, isn't the journey learning how to actually be able to get on stage from that first moment and not need to be the beta blocker and still be able to perform the music really well and be an entertainer? And yeah, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we try to cheat our way through a hard moment. And I'm not saying, you know, because I've been, he'd never actually used it himself, so it's not that he does that. Um, But it's that moment when we're really, really tired and we think, you know, I'm going to have 20 coffees to get through today, where maybe you're better off to actually stop working and have a nap. You know, we try to cheat ourselves through a moment where we actually should make better decisions. And to me, you know, and I'm not saying I'll never take beta blockers. Maybe maybe I'll never be able to get good at being nervous in this. But for me, in this next moment of time, I I I should really be trying to address that first. And, you know, again, if, if... if the band goes really well and it gets bigger and I can't deal with the nerves, that may be an option I need to use. But the first protocol should be to actually confront and try to work on that. So that's something I wanted to share. Lastly, my book is out. It's called I Will Make You Passionate About Exercise. I've been getting some amazing feedback from it. I got a, call, a lady called me yesterday and she said, I, I bought your book from what calls. Um, I absolutely love it. I've taken so many notes. And uh, so I really, really love what you're doing with the book. So if you, if you want to get my book, it's called I will make you passionate about exercise. Go to the website, passionaboutexercise.com. There's also a course, 
and the course is a much more detailed experience. So we basically I mentor you through the whole experience. You can check that out. Click on course when you go to the same website, and that way I can take you through your experience as well. Anyway, I've done an hour almost. I don't often do an hour nowadays other than interviews. So hope you've enjoyed today's show. Take on the 21-day challenge. Remember, go to the website to get the notes, and let's get you into that. What was it? The 21-day health kick challenge. Anyway, I'll see you in a couple weeks' time. As always, keep being you. Thank you.